If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Star Wars 7x7 episode 650. Today we are continuing our series of looks at Before the Awakening, the novel or collection of short stories by Greg Rucka about our favorite triumvirate of heroes from The Force Awakens, Finn, Ray, and Poe. And today we're talking about Ray's story in Before the Awakening. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily star wars podcast hey rebel rouser welcome to star wars 7x7 i'm your host alan voivod and right at the outset here i just want to give you the heads up this is a spoiler filled podcast in the sense that if you have not read the story about ray from before the awakening or the story from uh, about finn for that matter because i think we'll be mentioning that here as well then you'll want to save this podcast for future listening and if you have already read the story or if you do not plan to well then we are good to go and if you don't plan to well the good news is that you're going to learn some cool little things about Ray, the fantabulous Ray from The Force Awakens. For a start, the story does a great job of continuing to build that sense of isolation and desperation. I don't know how Ray doesn't come across as more desperate than I feel like I would be in her similar situation, but uh, the, the sense of loneliness and absolute utter isolation cut off from everyone else and also just her loner nature not even working in teams like a bunch of the other salvagers on Jakudu. Oh, it's it's very well carried through in the novel. And the gist of the story is this. After a sandstorm that lasts for a very long time, a couple of days plus, Ray is nearly starving and lightheaded and dehydrated and manages to get into town long enough to get enough supplies back into her system to feel right again. But unfortunately, all the salvager teams have headed out to the graveyard of giants to see what the sandstorm has uncovered, and she's coming late to the party. However, it ends up working out for her because she discovers a ship that seemingly no one has yet found before. And what's more amazing is that even though it needs a ton of work, it may actually be worth more to her if she restores it than if she were to just strip it down for parts. So as if the job of survival wasn't tough enough as it is, now she almost has two jobs essentially. One, getting enough salvage parts to trade into Unkar Plutt to survive, and also get enough salvage parts to help repair this light freighter that she's discovered. Unfortunately, she's taking all the parts to the washing stations in Nima Outpost and yet not trading everything in to Unkar Plutt, and people are starting to notice, including two salvagers named Devi and Strunk who work together, who try to warn her that if they've noticed that she's not turning in everything, then other people have probably noticed as well, and they suspect that she's building something somewhere even though she won't cop to it. So instead, what Devi and Strunk do is they follow her one day, or at least they follow her, at least have followed her enough across a series of days to find where the wreck is and negotiate their way into the deal. 
And it turns out to be something of a good thing, at least at the start, because Debbie and Strunk have their own secret places that they like to salvage from, and they're able to provide some parts and supplies for Ray that she wouldn't have been able to get otherwise, and even you know one particular part that she just physically would not have been able to haul herself if it wasn't for the salvager Strunk, who is a very big brute of a character. Now, Ray, of course, imagines that she's going to get thousands of portions from Unkar Plutt for a working ship, but Devi and Strunk, when they first ask her what she plans on doing with the ship, they ask her where she's planning on going, thinking that if she's building a working ship, then she must be trying to get off planet. But of course, Ray is not even considering that possibility. She wants to stay for her parents to be able to find her. And this is where tragedy strikes, because as they get the ship up and running, and they fly it to Nima Outpost with, you know, tremendous fanfare and it's the shining example of Ray's greatest success on Jakku. She gets off the ship and walks over to Unkar Plutt's place to get him out to bring him over to the ship to evaluate it to get the rations. Devi and Strunk betray her at the last minute. They take the ship and fly away from Jakku. Oh man, on the one hand I wanted it to work out for Ray and on the other hand I knew the shoe drop was coming and I just couldn't stand it. Oh gosh. And shockingly, she's not angry. She's not She's not even really affected by the whole thing. Like, there is some sort of pride that is still there from what she was able to accomplish with the thing. But the fact that they took off, you know, was completely an alien idea to her. It was just so unbelievable that she almost doesn't begrudge them the desire to do it. And I think ultimately that's the thing that I don't get about it. They try to explain away why she isn't angry or, you know, she realizes she's not angry but then realizes why later on. And it has to do with the fact that it would never have even occurred to her to fly the ship away because she is waiting for her parents. So she couldn't have even seen the possibility that they would want to do it. And so she's not angry with herself for that. And that, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I think if I had spent the better part of a year rebuilding a ship and only to have it stolen from me, I would be super angry, number one. And number two, the fact that I would have spent the better part of a year creating all this salvage stuff that I could have just given over to Unkar Plutt for portions and actually fed myself better for the better part of a year, you know, or at least you know, turned the ship in and gotten the thousands of portions that I could have gotten and negotiating for, you know, for different things like uh, first look at different salvage like uh, gets talked about in there. Like the lost opportunities based on them stealing that ship, that would have made me insane. I think that would have broken me as a person personally. So I'm starting to think of Ray. I haven't watched the show, but I'm aware of the uh, Netflix series, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt with Ellie Kemper, who was uh, the second secretary on The Office. And yeah, I'm thinking about Ray as like the unbreakable Ray now because I don't know how she could have withstood that kind of heartbreaking loss and not just lost her stuff over it. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com slash SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com slash SW7X7.
All right, time for trivia, and then we will go. Red squad, blue squad, take my lead. I'm on it. Go with your team. Last time we asked you the model number of the blaster that's standard issue to the First Order Stormtroopers, and that's the F-11D blaster rifle. Today's question, there's a doll inside Ray's home on Jakku. What is that doll of? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you engage those Star Destroyers at point-blank range, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not the shortest offensive of all time. It's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.